Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caprelletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And we're here today to talk to you about the 2016 film, I Am Watching You. Or as I like to call it, I Am Watching You, Watching Me. (laughs) I almost considered not doing this episode, candidly. Why? Just because of the film itself didn't seem like there was enough there? No, because I am extremely mad at Lifetime Television for Scrooges. (laughs) It appears that my worst fear has come true. And in fact, they are not starting It's a Wonderful Lifetime until dangerously close to mid-November. It's cruel. Well, it's cruel. What people need now is joy. They do. And it's also troubling for them if they are your horse in the holiday movie race vis-a-vis Hallmark, Mm -hmm. given that Hallmark started on October 22nd. They did. Okay. Well, I'm very loyal. Mm -hmm. Should I not be rewarded for my loyalty? Yeah. Do you want me to change the channel and watch a Christian Christmas movie? I don't want to do it, but it seems like you're pushing me in that direction. Not only that, Liz, I caught some breaking news earlier today. Okay. That Hallmark has entered into a partnership with Wyndham Hotels, where you can stay in one of their hotels and experience a holiday movie experience. In what sense? I mean, first of all, that's tonally incorrect already. Because hotels are set in big cities often. Wyndham in particular. I can think of many that are in big cities. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about Christmas movies, please know this. Big cities are trash in the Christmas universe. They hate them. They want you to move to whatever town of preferably a thousand or less you grew up in. (laughs) And take up some job that there is... No real financial way to support yourself. The more niche, the better. So if you decide you want to make the bell, not even the full bell for a Christmas (laughs) bell, like a bell's choirs or whatever. Ah, yes, the bell choirs. Yeah. They want you to be so specialized that you're making like the hammer inside of the bell. Mm -hmm. That's what you do in your town of preferably, let's say, like 750 people. That just got blocked in by a snowstorm because there's only one highway in and out of it. And Chad Michael Murray is the firefighter coming to save you all. (laughs) He's just a volunteer firefighter. His real job is far more niche than that. <laughs> right. Well, don't fight fire. That's so common. You couldn't you wouldn't want to do that. Too many people are firefighters. It has to be very specific. Well, so what's the Wyndham thing? So the Wyndham partnership, they have three different uh options. One is Country Christmas in Nashville, which where, is a city. Yeah. Let's, a, a sizable one. And and growing tremendously in the last 10 years, and even more tremendously, I think, in the last five years. So let's not pretend like Nashville is some small... I don't even... Is it even a secondary market at this point? I think it's a... 
I mean, I don't know the population of it, but it's huge. I think Nashville is the new Atlanta. Sure. Like, what happened to Atlanta first is yeah. going to happen to Nashville next. Yeah. And it's on the way to it happening already. Well, that being said, they have an in-room karaoke machine, a record player with holiday music, and then the other two options are their Midtown Hotel in New York for like a New York City Christmas. I have to just go back. I'm sorry. So all they're offering with their Hallmark collaboration with Nashville is just that you get to stay in a hotel and there's a karaoke machine in your room? Well, it's an in-room suite. They, the actual set designers behind Hallmark Christmas films have designed the hotel suite. Okay, to, okay, so uh, that's something. Because I was yeah. going to say, so they, they added a karaoke machine to a, a suite in Nashville and they're calling it a Hallmark set. Yeah, no. Okay, the, so, the, so what's the New York it. one going back to our old stomping grounds? Uh, the New York one, um, I think it's... Um, it's Pizza Rat. <laughs> Pizza <laughs> Pizza Rat. Saying, forget about it and go to your small town. I cannot be clearer with you. Get out of New York City. But what if Pizza Rat has a killer hot chocolate recipe, Liz? I would take chocolate from Pizza Rat. (laughs) I would have eaten that slice of pizza, frankly. Yeah. That's the sort of topical reference we give you on husband and wife time. Talking about a famous to New York City specifically rat from like 10 years ago. Oh, they also have cookie making kitchens. and In all of these rooms? In, 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 not in all the rooms of the hotels, just the specific suite. They have cookie making abilities in these suites? Yes. So they have ovens. It would appear so, unless there are some alternative method of cookie baking I, not, that I'm not aware not of. one that I'm aware of. Um, basically, I mean, you could do it on a fire, I guess, but that seems even more hazardous. Okay, so what's the New York one? Well, the New York, I mean, it's in Midtown, so it's close to um, Bryant Park for ice skating and Rock Center. And then the third is A Snowy Christmas. It is in uh, Colorado, close to Vail. And that has, like, in-room s'mores. Again, the glaring issue I have with it is that all of those are cities. Vail is a city. It's not some, like, 300-person town where, like, your English teacher is also the police department. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of towns we're shown, where, like, everyone's pulling double duty because, like, you can't do all of the necessary jobs. Sure. Towns are shown. Big cities are shown as, like, places to flee or places to visit for, like, a trip to a department store or something. But they're not usually... The movies are not usually cast in New York City. Right. I would love it if they were. I mean, I'm, I like small towns. I also like cities. I would like a little more variety. Sure. But that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is high-powered businesswoman has forgotten about her personal life. She misses her family. She wishes she spent more time with them. She goes back to her small town and a property developer is trying to buy the entire town. He wants to tear it all down and turn it into basically a Wyndham resort. (laughs) (laughs) And she has to band together with the local shoemaker Mm -hmm. (laughs) to defeat his proposal and then she preserves the integrity of the town while moving home. Mm. You know, of course, she's marrying the shoemaker who she fell in love with. Have you seen how well sold his shoes are? You couldn't resist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, before... Not to get us off track with that bit of news, but... 
We've been talking about it for weeks, though, because I'm... I feel like Incensed doesn't do it justice, but (laughs) Incensed is what I feel is the most appropriate. Uh This will release a few days before Halloween, and I will be handing out candy to children. To what? A scary movie or something? What am I... No. They're really letting me down, is all I'm saying. Okay. Starbucks gets it. They keep moving the pumpkin spice latte date forward because they know people need things to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm not even mad, Lifetime. I guess I'm just more disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But in the meantime, we have Lifetime's standard fare to keep us busy. We certainly do. This week was I Am Watching You. Mm -hmm. This brings us Zima number two. Mm-hmm. So in this movie, Madeline Zima yep. plays Nora. The big sister Zima. The big sister Zima. She's the brunette Zima. So in this movie, she's a romance blogger and romance novelist. And she likes to look through the window of her apartment at her sexy neighbor photographer Lucas. Yes. Which I just realized Luke Lucas. Like he's looking at her. So these oh. two these two like to watch each other and she uses him for material for her romance novels. Mm-hmm. They develop a relationship and he becomes obsessed with her. Right. And then it goes badly. Yeah. But at first it seems like the peeping Tom kismet romance of everyone's dreams. Yeah. I mean, she's recently out of a relationship and which he has apparently noticed that Mark isn't coming around anymore. Yes. They know an awful lot about each other and way too late in the game is anyone creeped out by the amount they know about each other without having been told those things. Mm-hmm. I find it disturbing when someone tells me something, like that they're aware of something about me without me having told them. Right. Like if someone said to us, oh, yeah, you and Matt like to watch trashy reality shows while you eat dinner. Mm-hmm. Something about that would feel unnerving to me. Yeah. And neither of them are unnerved, but we're also not murderers, so... Right. You know. So he has, in the past, he he falls in love with his muses, and it seems, to me at least, that he kills them. And then keeps their photos in a box. Yes. Although the one that we thought he killed in the movie was alive? Right. But he has a box of what I would describe as giving the appearance of trophies. Yes. It's a box of photos of women. So what do you want to talk about? About I am watching you watching me. Um, there were a couple things. Nora has two best friends. Yes. Two opinionated, nurturing, overly involved, have no backstory of their own best friends. Yes. And her... Male best friend. Yes. Who gets beat up because of his association with her Mm -hmm. later in the film. Because Lucas sees him as a potential romantic threat. Right. Which he is not. No. 
I mean, we first meet him when he calls up Nora and says, I'm writing an article about breakfast potatoes and I need you to weigh in. Home fries, tater tots. He really just gives those two options, doesn't he? I Home think fries so. and tater tots? I think so. What about hash browns? I, I think he, he might say Does hash browns. Does he say hash yeah, browns? Yeah. Now, where do you fall on that? I like tater tots, but I don't know that they're my favorite breakfast potato. I don't even think of them as breakfast. No. I would eat them at breakfast. Sure. But again, I've also said I'll eat anything at any time of day if I like it. Right. I would say hash browns. I, yeah, I'm a hash brown. Now let's get into hash browns. Are you cubes or shredded? And there is a right answer. I do like shredded. There's a right answer. <laughs> I do like shredded. Most? More than cubes? Yes, I do. Okay. That yeah. is the correct answer. Yeah. Shredded gives you the most crunch. I can't tell you how many sad cubes of hash browns I've had at diners. Sure. I like a shredded. I apologize on behalf of those diners. Because I feel somewhat responsible. Because you're the spokesman for diners. Yeah. Or, or I probably brought you just half of those. Anyways, so... Um, yeah, so now that we've waited on breakfast potatoes. Yeah. Scotty. I, Scotty was so his name. Scotty. The one thing I wanted to say about Scotty, and it is also on the subject of food, after he's beaten up with a tripod, no less, yes. in broad, broad daylight, yeah. it is. it cannot be brighter. This is filmed in California. Yeah. It is the brightest you can imagine it. And they are on a sidewalk in what looks like a suburban area, not suburban, but like a residential area yep. where there should for sure be someone around. He is beaten into a bloody pulp with a tripod. Yeah. When Nora finds out and comes to the hospital, the other friend is already there. Karen. Karen is there. And Karen's saying, the nurse and Karen are saying like, He's unresponsive. There's nothing they can do. They just have to wait and see. So he's unconscious. Yeah. He's badly injured. And no joke, Nora waits like 75 seconds before she talks about going to a ramen place down the street. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Pretty callous for one of your best friends. She got there real quick, is all I'm saying. First of all, it seems extra insulting because he's a food blogger. So she's talking about oh, food true. over his oh. unconscious body. <laughs> I don't want to call him. I was thinking lifeless corpse, but he doesn't actually die. No. But she she walked in and started talking about there being a good ramen place they should go to down the block from the hospital within... I mean, it wasn't even two minutes. It was shorter than that. And yeah. I know in made-for-TV movies, we're scrapped for time because we've got an hour and 20 so that we can fit in the commercials to make it two when they air it but mm -hmm. that's too fast yeah that's way too fast she just should have had at least a beat to can you imagine if you came to the hospital that one time i was in the hospital and you like brought me my clothes and you were like i'm trying to think of where that was oh we were on okay we were on 18th street right. and first if you had been like Okay, well, it's been nice. See I'm going to go. David's Bagels has a really good bagel. So I'm going to go grab a bagel. Or, or knowing you, your your loyalty is more to Essa Bagels. So you would have said like, there's an Essa Bagel on 22nd. I'm going to go. I'll see yeah. you soon. It's just, it's a really weird thing yes. to like see someone. And I wasn't even visibly injured. I, I just had, you know, we've told the yeah. vomiting blood story before. But like he had blood coming out of his eye. He was so injured. And yeah. she was talking about ramen. Sure. What else do you want to talk about? How much do we want to get into the actual writing? Okay, I've got to. 
I, you know I I mean, you to. are a writer, so I think some of the lines that are used are just... Okay, I'm going to start us off, and then you've got... I made you write down one because I yes. couldn't... I, I was writing things down in a notebook, and I couldn't write it fast enough, and Matt was typing, so I made him write it. So she says this of, a, of the... He's a photographer, so she says this of the red light of the character in her book who is entirely based on him. Mm-hmm. It undulated through her body. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Your turn. And she later says, she was swollen with pleasure from the depths of her belly to the tips of her toes. Okay, now I need to... Why I made him write that down is, please give us commentary. Is swollen a word that works for you? It does not work for me. Mm-hmm. Swollen is a word that will take me out of that <laughs> world you're trying to build for me. Uh-huh. I told him it reminded me of, I think it's 10 Things I Hate About You, where Allison Janney is a guidance counselor or principal or something, and she's writing a romance novel, and she's searching for a synonym for engorged, I think, and Claire Dane, no, not Claire Danes, um, Jessica Stuck. Jessica. Julia Styles. See, I'm just bad with names. <laughs> Julia Styles comes in and she like is in trouble, so she's talking to this person, and then she, as she's leaving, she tosses out a synonym for engorged because she's a poetess and she also is, you know, like clever and sarcastic and whatever. It reminded me of that. Uh-huh. Engorged is not sexy. Swollen to me is not sexy either. Yeah, it's kind of a workout word, right? Like, I what, guess. Like, let's get swole. Like, sure. It's, you know, it's what, what you do on leg day. That's not really happening a lot in my world. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of people. First of all, I don't hear a lot of people talking about weightlifting, mm-hmm. which will come as no surprise because basically the only people I hear talking are Matt. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's just us here. But so I'm not hearing a lot of swole talk Mm. and even if i was as as discussed in i think the last episode that physique does not do it for me oh andy and ben's beer and 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 sports and beer okay banter on the subject of them those you know hooligans andy you've come back well he is coming back because in this movie zima number one Uh has a conversation with her female best friend where they say they describe how a woman should be. Oh yes. And one of them says a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. The Zima goes, Oh yeah. And they (laughs) high five. (laughs) I missed the high five part. And Oh yeah. They high five over like a brunch table. And I can't speak for all women. I can only speak for myself. Mm-hmm. That did not accurately capture female <laughs> conversations about sexuality, about the best way to be a woman, the nature of female conversation or praise. It None of that seemed... That all rang weird to me. And I mm-hmm. think I asked Matt based on that if the movie was written by a man. Mm-hmm. And he told me it wasn't, which made me surprised yeah what other thoughts did you have on the writing i think just 
granted, Lucas has nefarious intentions for Nora, mm-hmm. but she makes no bones about he's just her casual inspiration, yeah, romantic says, interest. She says, she says very plainly, I am not looking for anything serious. This is just a casual thing. Is that okay? And he responds, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. He says yes, and mm-hmm. then he says, we can talk about that later. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is the talk. Right. If you're not okay with that, you say that now, and then the relationship's over. But again, this assumes that a person is not a stalker. Mm-hmm. He's not going to let her go. He just thinks he can change her mind eventually. Right. I mean, with that dark room and the, the red light and the box of photos of other women. Yes. There were red flags and it wasn't just because the red light in his photography room was turned on. Sure. The flags were red in normal, standard, non-developing film bulbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, since I'm talking about writing for a second, I am going to take a brief moment before I continue on and recommend some books. Okay. Romance novels are talked about pretty dismissively in this movie specifically her agent says that she's moved up from those sappy romance novels because the book that she manages to write based on her experience with lucas is an erotic thriller yep i am not a fan of ranking genres one is better than the other but i'm particularly not a fan of putting down genres that are specifically extremely linked to women Mm-hmm. They tar- romance novels target women to buy them and they are considered women's books I don't think that has to be the case and I don't think men should feel shy about buying romance novels but I'm saying that's who they think their demo is and that's a lot of who writes romance novels so talking mm-hmm. about it dismissively to me feels misogynistic frankly <laughs> on the subject of romance novels though if anyone is actually interested I did not get into them until... Four years ago, okay. I had to buy an ebook because I finished the book I had. We were on a Matt and I were on a trip. He was working and I was not, just along for the ride. And so I needed a book, and I ended up downloading a free book on iTunes, and it was a romance novel. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was hilarious. It was not intentionally hilarious, but it was so fun. The one thing I will say, it was not a great romance novel, so I'm not going to give you the name of it, but I will tell you that throughout this book, the author would describe like graphic sex experiences, and then she wouldn't say the anatomical words for a body part. So for example, it still sticks with me to this day that she called a clitoris a nub <laughs> rather than just say clitoris and she was describing like very graphic sexual stuff sure but it was so light and fun and i really liked it so i started reading romance novels and that romance novel was not good so i'm not going to give it as a recommendation but there are a lot of really good romance novels which is why i don't like talking about them dismissively mm-hmm. and because it feels gendered so i'm going to give you some recommendations okay jasmine guillory she's very good she wrote the proposal which i want matt to read because it's about a woman who gets proposed to on a jumbotron by a guy she's been dating for like a month Ooh. it's like the perfect rom-com in written form who doesn't love a scoreboard proposal yeah she also <laughs> wrote the wedding party the wedding date party of two the royal holiday i've read all of those they've been good there are some others 
but I have already listed five of your books, so I can only plug for you so much to our sevens of listeners. Um, also, Helen Huang wrote The Kiss Quotient and The Bride Test, both very good. And Alexis Daria wrote You Had Me at Ola, very good. All of these women are writing about sex and women in ways that feel familiar to me. They also use words. Not all they're not always saying clitoris. It's not, you know, clitoris here, clitoris there, clitoris everywhere. <laughs> I said that specifically to make Matt laugh because he had water in his mouth. I was hoping for a spit take. I didn't get it. Um, trying but, to be professional. But they they're talking about sex. And they use anatomical terms or terms that are not silly, that are not like shying away from anatomy. Mm -hmm. They talk about sex in very relatable ways. And also all of the women, they're nuanced. So they all have like, if they don't have a career, they have something they're interested in. Or if they have a career, it matters to them. Or their family matters to them. Or their friends matter to them. All of these things. They're fleshed out characters and not just like, in the rom-coms of old where it was like all that was happening in a woman's life was like romance. Like I just need to find a guy. Yeah. In these books there you're introduced to other plots and they're the characters are the better for it and the books are the better for it. So I recommend those. Um, and if Nora Nichols should happen to write back with the Cassandra story or what was the name of her book? I forget. Cassandra was the name of the character. And, and I'm going to be honest, I would read that book, but specifically because I want to hear about undulating red light. Yes. And what was it you said? Swollen? Slow, swollen with pleasure from the depths of her belly. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, that feels like the lifetime of romance novels. It's, I'm enjoying it in a different way. Uh-huh. It doesn't feel relatable to me. Like none of the women on Lifetime movies feel relatable. But I think it's interesting. Mm. So I would probably read that anyways. Speaking of sex, though, I've got to mention that at one point, these two are doing a strip tease for each other. Yes. Okay, so they're doing like a zany little strip tease. And each of them in their windows in their respective apartments. Yep, and being able to see each other while so, this goes on. Yeah, so it's like you take off one piece of clothing, I take off one piece of clothing. And midway through the strip tease, this zany Zima, <laughs> the guy Lucas takes off one of his few remaining articles of clothing and she looks at him and goes, no thanks, and walks away. And then comes back laughing because she's so silly. The questions I had about that were manyfold. First of all, are there no other neighbors in this building? Mm. Are you strip teasing just for Lucas? Because, you know, 3B could be watching just as easily as 2B. Yeah. The other question I had was, in the course of the movie, we are shown this zany little strip tease. And then immediately after, we do not cut to them sleeping together we cut to her writing yeah i guess my question was to what end is this striptease like they're at this point they're sleeping together so i thought the striptease was like foreplay for them one of them to cross the hallway the rubicon (laughs) and for them to sleep together what is the point of a striptease? To go straight into Microsoft Word and get <laughs> no, working. Get working. I mean, she was really 
mining him for material. And I get that. But I guess my question is, from his side, why? I, I get that it's nice to see a naked person you're attracted to. Yeah. Maybe he goes straight to his dark room to develop some of the photos that he's taken Maybe. of Nora. And... She is his current muse. Yes. Although, frankly, how devalued is the term muse if you've had like a hundred of them? I guess I... But there know... were multiple muses in the mythological term, right? Weren't there seven of them? Yes. Or nine of them? Sure. I mean, he, he might have even beat out the original number of muses. <laughs> There were a lot of women in that box. I'm just saying as a person, not as a Greek goddess, if you call me the love of your life and I'm a series of loves of your life, yeah. it devalues that. Sure. It's like, well, I mean, no, I'm the love of this portion of your life, right. this phase, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you can't go throwing these terms around and they have the same weight. Yeah, but if they both agreed that they were looking for one real moment. If you can find one real moment in a Lifetime movie, I will give you a billion dollars. <laughs> real moments are on, in short supply. Okay, the one thing I do need to touch on before we get into trivia. Who's your favorite Zima? You know... I don't think I know enough about Vanessa Zima to see if she is a contender for the tr- for the throne. Let's talk about known Zimas. Because there's Yvonne and now yes. Madeline. Yes. And I think Madeline is the oldest. I, and I, think, I Z- think so. Yvonne is the youngest, maybe? I'm not entirely sure. I just did trivia on her last episode and right. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they both played different pretty different roles very different characters yes we're supposed to root for the zima in this one and Mm. in the last one the zima was the villain she was the girl he met online Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know um i mean off of those two roles I, i i think i appreciated the ridiculousness of madeline's uh portrayal but then Yvonne spoke in that breathy voice the entire film. She did. Okay, well, I'm just going to tell you that I prefer Madeline Mm -hmm. to Yvonne. And it was exclusively because of the voice, which is incredibly unfair because I also think the voice helped build that character. Yes. It made her seem so Mm -hmm. much more desperate and... Mm -hmm. It gave you, like, using baby voice in a sexual way gives me a very... I Like, I got you. I know yeah. exactly who you are. Sure, yeah. And so I think that voice was useful. Right. But I just couldn't take it. <laughs> so I'm going... I'm going You're going Madeline. Madeline? Yes. But I am leaving the door open for what we discussed last time, with which was... A Zima Zima movie. (laughs) Two Zimas for the price of one Zima. Mm, Right. But probably for the price of two Zimas because there's a union involved. So I think you have to pay both. (laughs) Right. But I don't have to pay anything. I'm just hoping it gets aired on Lifetime for free. No Zima goes unpaid. No Zima goes unpaid. You know, I've always said I want to see good people doing good work. and, Mm. And they do good work. Yeah. I think we enjoy their particular brand of weird do not get me wrong. I mean weird in a good way. They're doing what you're supposed to do, the campy weirdness of a Lifetime movie. They do that really well. I think we enjoy their particular brand of weird 
so much that we believe they were in a disproportionately high number of movies. Mm -hmm. We've only seen them in like three, maybe four movies. And Uh that's for the both of them. We've maybe seen each one of them in maybe two movies. Two apiece. So, and we were, I put them, I think, in my bingo card. Yeah. With the likes of Jason Shane Scott and Vivica A. Fox, Mm. who are churning out the movies. I mean, Vivica A. Fox. Giants. Is producing movies. She is doing a lot of work. Yeah. So I think their specific brand of weird really stood out. Right. And made us think that they were more present in this universe than they are. Jason Shane Scott, there was a time where we could not turn on Lifetime without seeing his face. Yeah. And the movies were the better for it. Anyways, should we move on to trivia? Sure. Okay. I mean, how much Madeline Zima do we have time for? Some. She's been, being the eldest Zima, she's been in a lot. Okay. And much of her more famous roles were as a child actor. I told you I think that she was in that movie, A Cinderella Story with... Haley Duff? Hillary Duff? Hillary Duff. Uh Uh-huh. The Duff that's not in our universe, really. Sure. She's been in the business. She was in a Downey commercial at age two. But one of her most famous things was she was, I guess, the child in The Nanny. I never saw The Nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why she um, looks so familiar. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But she actually gave an interview in 2008 that I gleaned a lot of biographical information okay, from. Okay, let's go with it. Um, that she grew up being friends with both Hillary and Haley Duff. Okay. Um, and also uh, Ashley Tisdale. Okay. Um, All the kid actors. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she was in an astounding number of, uh, of, of child actor things. Because not only the nanny, but um, she was in another nanny-related film, Mr. Nanny, starring Hulk Hogan from the okay. early 90s. never seen it. Um, she was in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. She was also in Californication. She was in Heroes. One kind of fun thing I found out, what the last name Zima means. Okay, it's, what does it mean? It's Polish for winter. Okay, that works perfectly for the Coors Corporation. Isn't that who did Zima? Oh, that's right. You did. You did say I, that. I, I when I was googling mm-hmm. Zima last time mm-hmm. to make sure that they were spelled the same way because yes. I was like, "Is this the same as?" I think I saw that it's Coors, but it's processed somehow with charcoal to make it that malted ferment, whatever it uh-huh. actually is. Yeah. It somehow starts its life cycle as Coors, and then processed through charcoal becomes Zima became Zima, not that it's being sold anymore. But that makes sense that they would have chosen something to evoke that icy mountain, because all beer commercials are like, ice cold, frozen, it's so cold. Uh, Yep. Which is interesting because I think it's harder to taste certain flavors when, like the example I would offer is when we had a strawberry. Yes. When it was freezing cold, Uh It was potable. <laughs> yes. And the high l- praise. <laughs> and the, you know, it was passable. You could drink it. And the closer it became to just cold, and then even worse, the closer it became to room temp, mm-hmm. it was 
hard to swallow. Yes. Is how I would describe it. And you wanted to get the swallowing over as quickly as possible so it didn't linger on the palate. But if memory serves, (laughs) the taste of that lingered on the tongue. Yes, it certainly did. Okay, continuing on. Um, So from this interview, the journalist hit on an interesting musical thing in that Madeline was talking about her playing guitar mm-hmm. and because she mentions in the interview something about like she noticed a crack in her guitar and the interviewer asked if Yvonne played guitar and she said not as much as I do but Yvonne's a great writer so sometimes we'll just hang out and she'll make up lyrics off the top of her head and I'll play through a progression and Vanessa Zima plays the drums. Family band. Yes. Family band. Family band. Family band. In the cheap seats. Family band. <laughs> so this was a quote from the article. She was saying, Vanessa plays the drums, actually. Eventually we'll have an act together, but right now we're just sort yes. of doing our own things. Whenever we get to jam together, we do just having a good time. This was in 2008, Liz. Where is the Zima Sisters album that we all so rightly deserve? Are they like the new Haim or Haim? How's that? Oh, the yeah. Band pronounced? Uh-huh. Um, I want it pretty badly. Yeah. Yeah, I want to watch that band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe I just didn't do enough of a deep dive for Madeline, for Zima Sister Music, but. Uh... Here's a dream tour for me Zima Sisters Open. <laughs> For LFO with Jet Michael Murray. <laughs> I'm, I'm tying both of the Zima movie episodes together. Yes. I'm buying tickets to that. Uh-huh. I gotta see what the Zima sisters are producing. And I was already, I mean, truth be told, I was already going for LFO. Mm-hmm. Always going for LFO. Right. I'm there. Should it be a winter tour now that we know that Zima means winter? At least the stage should be winter mm-hmm. based. We could get those Wyndham workers who set up the winter wonderland. set designers? Yeah, let's get the set designers who did yeah. the Wyndham rooms in on this. I don't know, Liz. That's a Hallmark crossover that uh, they may not be willing to do. You know what? I don't think the set designers should be blamed Yeah, right. for the issues I have with Hallmark. Fair. The only other bit of trivia that I had was I looked up Brian Ames, who played Lucas in this mm-hmm. film. Um, Luke. And- S. Yes. Luke S. And we've Likes seen to him Lou. in... <laughs> love that expression. Um, we've seen him in a number of films, apparently. Uh, he was in Walking in the Halls, one of our very first. Okay. He was more recently in the films Sinister Surrogate, and I don't think we saw that, mm-hmm. but he was in Ruthless Realtor. Ruthless Realtor we've seen, and maybe that's why he yeah. looks familiar. Yeah. And he's also been in Westworld. Okay, I've seen Westworld Mm -hmm. season one, so maybe I recognize him from that if he was in season one. Yeah. Well, that's trivia. Okay. Vanessa, we're waiting on you. Mm -hmm. Get yourself in one of these movies. Announce yourself to the world. Maybe you play a drummer and the lead singer of your band drops out and you guys have to audition new lead singers And you pick this one lead singer and you guys have a little romance, but then he becomes obsessed with you and you're touring together and you try to break it off, but it doesn't go well. 
Lifetime, I just pitched you a movie. That's was served up pretty nicely. I just pitched you a movie too, Zima. <laughs> Vanessa, specifically. We're waiting on you. <laughs> and you know I like to get people's other talents involved and hate when they leave a talent off, off the table when they should have brought it to bear in a movie. So, yeah, let's have her drumming. Let's figure out a way to do it. Sure. Maybe she's in a marching band, mm-hmm. and the marching band leader develops an unhealthy obsession with her. He's a teacher. Mm. Yeah, I'm fine with either of those. I'm also open to whatever you want. Let's, But, you know, let's get you in something. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the Zima train rolling. Keep the Zima train rolling. Okay, well, it was good trivia. Thank you. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at husbandwifetime or on Instagram at husbandandwifetime. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Bye.